Hi, everyone. I hope that you're doing well. I am super excited to be here today for several reasons. One, I'm just back talking to all of you, which just makes me feel so good. I've taken a little bit of a break, just I needed a break. I just was getting too involved in too many things and really needed to sort it out myself. And today is a great time to come in and talk to you because it brings me back to things that I truly enjoy. Talking to all of you, sharing some things that are near and dear to my heart, and just thinking about this was like, you know what? You do this all the time, Stacy. You overthink it. You start to do too much. You start to think that you have to do everything for everybody when really you don't. And that is something that I tend to forget, even though I talk to people about it and I teach people how to do one thing. You have to do one thing first and then start moving forward. You have to take that first step and then that step becomes another one and becomes another one and becomes another one. Yet by trying to do too much too quickly with too many just gets overwhelming. And I was at that place. And I took a little bit of a break and now I just feel, I have to say that my word for 2020 was 2021, I should say, was peace. And I finally felt at peace in several different areas of my life. And then that fell into my business towards the end of the year. And I have to remind myself of that word and that feeling that I've received from being at peace. And it was because I let things go and I started to remember listening to my voice in my head, which doesn't happen very often. And that was do one thing. Now, another reason why I'm excited to be here with you today is it's the 15th. And on the 15th, we talk about doing one thing, do one thing. And this is a concept that came from an organization called Do One Thing. Huh, ironic. And they have put together a great thing, for lack of a better word, a great tool that is all about awareness and taking action. And that's something that I truly love. And it is designed to help people prepare in the event of a disaster, which is near and dear to my heart. Now, for those of you that don't know, I've been involved in the fire service, emergency response more so than directly fire for a long time. And when I first got involved in it, it was, I wanted to know what somebody else was going to do in order to protect this property and what was now my home. And I was reaching outside trying to find out what were they going to do? How were they going to take care of this? And what I found in the process was there were things that I could do 
And there were things that I really wanted to do. And it became a love and a passion of mine and something that I'm truly grateful to have the opportunity to talk to people about. I've been involved in projects with emergency responders that have just been absolutely fantastic. Teaching other people how they can help themselves, their family, their community, and their business in the event of a disaster, how to prepare for that. So this organization called DoOneThing.com has put together this absolutely wonderful calendar, which I've given out to clients and friends over the last few years. And in this, every single month, there's a specific topic. And not only does it give you something to think about, just when you look at the calendar for the month, it gives you a goal for that specific month. And then in the back of the calendar, the calendar is not just 12 months of dates. In the back, it has all of these great fact sheets and all of these great resources to help us. So I'm going to talk to you about that today, and I'm going to give you my thoughts and ideas as well and things that I know I've done, things that we've done out here in our community, things that my partner and I have put together because it's really, really important. We live remotely. We live 40 minutes on a good day maybe a little less depending on the weather, but about 40 minutes from any other local responding agencies. And in part of the year, there are responding agencies that can't get to us on their, what would be a regular route because mother nature kicks in and the, the roads get snow covered the road doesn't get maintained because there's not the facilities to maintain them. We're rural. We're, as many people would say, we're out in the middle of nowhere. And even though it's not that far, we still don't have things that you would see in the city. We do have a fire district, but we have a very small number and they're all volunteers. So they all have things that they do outside of the fire district and different times of the year, though the number of volunteers that we have fluctuates. So we don't know on a day-to-day -day basis what we might have. We don't have somebody that's at the station all of the time ready to respond. And there are a lot of things that we have to take into account because of that. And it helps to know your community to know the area, literally, like, how do I get out of here? Like from my house to get to the road, what happens if there is a big winter storm and that particular road hasn't been opened? And another thing that I have to keep in mind is I'm at the end of a dead end. It's one way in and the same way turning around to get out. There's not a loop. There's not an intersection past my property. We're at the end. So that is something that I have to keep in mind when I'm working through this. So with all of those things in mind, let's get to the task at hand, shall we? So for January, we're talking about making a plan. And the goal for January is to understand what puts you at risk from disasters 
and take the steps to lower your risk. So find out what kind of disasters can happen where you live and plan what to do in a disaster. Protect your house or other buildings from damage in a disaster and plan what to do if you have to leave your house in an emergency. All of those things are crucial. So if you think about the kind of disasters and for where I live in what most people call South Central Idaho, and I am 10 miles off of the main highway that goes through this area, I am a mile from the main road that comes into here to then my house and that road from what we call West Magic Road to my house is a gravel road that isn't straight <laughs> by any means. And again, like I said, I'm at the end of a dead end. So things that happen out here, winter storms, W-I-N-D, a.k.a. Little Joe. I don't say the word, the four-letter word out loud because the minute that you say it, it's going to happen. And it happens quite frequently out here. And Little Joe brings along with it his own little things, especially when it comes to snow. Because Little Joe can take white powdery snow and turn it into a big, tall, hard, literally hard drift that probably not going to drive through. I know even this winter in itself, I've had a situation where without a lot of brute force, I was not going to be leaving my house. So something to think about. The other thing that is a disaster frequently in this area, because we are in what's considered the high desert is wildfires. Another disaster that many people don't think of because they often think of a natural disaster. So when you think of a natural disaster, you think of earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, winter storms maybe, but there are other kind of disasters that we need to think about. Loss of power. And we've all been through this situation lack of supplies can become a disaster, especially if you absolutely 100% need a certain supply to be able to get you through. I know where I live, if the power goes out, we don't have access to water. We're on a well system. So if the power's not running, the pump doesn't run, which means we don't get water. So what you might have sitting in your pipe or in the bowl in your toilet is only going to last for that amount. It's not going, if you flush the toilet during a power outage where I live, it's not going to refill itself like would on any other day. And those are other kinds of disasters that you really have to think about. And I know that we have been in a situation once several years ago where we were without power for over 24 hours. And unfortunately, it was in the wintertime. So you add one disaster on top of another disaster. And I personally, even having gone through power outages in the past, 
got a little bit freaked out when things started happening longer and longer. And then we were at a point where I started noticing because now it's dark, lights were coming on across the lake and in another area out here where I live, which isn't heavily populated, but I started seeing lights and all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh my gosh, did they forget about us? And I didn't understand the way that power has to be brought back. And that unfortunately, where I'm at is one of the last places that gets turned back on, if you will. Um, and that takes people to be able to do that. And you have to think about, um, you know, what if they can't get to you? So just some things from my point of view about that. So when we're talking about, you know, understanding what puts us at risk, you know, learning about the disasters, talking with your family member, specifically children and elderly people, making sure that you have things in place so that elderly people know, you know, what to expect. Um, discuss what you're going to do, you know, how are we going to prepare for this? And then how are we going to respond to this? Identify responsibilities for each person in your household. And that may be only you. And then work together with other people in your community. If you have that ability, should something come up, you know, what's the phone tree of, you know, who's going to be contacted, what you're going to do and talk about it. Be very honest about it because it is very scary. And I have seen people in utter panic out here where I live when the snow starts to come down and little Joe shows up and people panic. And, you know, they're worried about, can they get out to say, go to work or to go shopping, to stock up quickly because they didn't prepare? Um, or is it the fact that, okay, if I go out, will I be able to get in? And what do I need to do in that event if I potentially can't get back in. And I can tell you from personal experience that that has happened to us. Um, and what we, I could go on for a long time about what we did in order to make those things happen. But for us, it was talking to other people who had been living out here for a long time or longer than us and things that they saw and recognized and what they did. I remember one of the first winters that we we weren't living out here yet. And a storm came in and it was over the weekend. We were down here visiting. We were doing some things at the house. It was all new to us. And a storm came in. And the likelihood of us getting out to go to work first thing Monday morning was was not going to happen. We were recognizing that. And all of a sudden we heard a knock on the door and some great friends and neighbors down the road were at our front door with food. <laughs> and they said, we were worried about you kids and wanted to make sure that you had stuff to get you through because we're probably not going to get out of here early in the morning. And I just 
remember that so vividly, them standing there with some milk and some bread. Those were two things specifically that I can remember. And I said, we have plenty of food. Um, we have heat. Um, you know, we, we had things already in place, having visited here before and knowing a little bit about what we needed to have. But they didn't know that, right? We hadn't really talked about that. And I so appreciated the fact that they thought of us. They knew what was potentially going to happen. And they were right. It did happen. We didn't get out right away in the morning. And they were willing to help. And that's what it takes. Even those simple gestures of, hey, here's, you know, bread and milk and lunch meat or whatever. Um, that was great. So things to think about in terms of preventing damage to your home in a disaster. Um, you know, one of the things that I work with people a lot, having had great opportunity to do this because we live in an area that has had several wildfires, is talking to people about what we like to term of survival space. So an area around your home or your other outbuildings that is clear, we used to call it preventable space. Um, now we talk about, you know, how can we have everything survive um, because of a wildfire? So what kind of materials do we need to have on buildings? Things to have or not have around buildings. And I think oftentimes people think when we talk about you need to, you know, have things, the, the zones that we call it from 30 feet on out from a structure, people think that they have to completely clear cut it. Like I'm not going to have any vegetation around my house. And that's not true. There are specific, uh, plants that you can have that are fire resistant and can you know, look very nice and will tolerate also where you live. So I may not be able to put something here that say somebody in a complete other state with other kind of weather could have and vice versa. So we have to think about that. And there are some great resources out there that can help. One of the things that I know is really, really critical. And I know people don't like to hear this, but for those people who have fireplaces, don't stack your firewood right next to your house. Um, and I know that that's, that's hard to think about, but uh, it is true because the firewood, because it's split, has more um, possibility and will burn faster uh, than other things. So, you know, there are certain things that you can do that are still going to be great to help you. So if you live in, let's say, a flooded area, and we've seen that happen uh, locally where I live as well, earthquake, we've felt some earthquakes before. And what do you do? How do you secure things? What do you have in place? So you need to really look at, you know, what disasters are in your area and then look at the resources within your local area that can help you figure those things out. I love to talk to people about how to protect their property, not only the home or the other buildings, but their property in general from wildfire. Whether that's mother 
mother nature caused or human caused. And that's another topic too for another day. And then plan what to do if you have to evacuate. And I've seen this happen many times in many different areas, local areas. Well, um, you know, what do you need to do? Where are you going to go? How do you communicate that with family members and friends and other emergency contacts that you may have? Um, you know, what do you need to take? You know, I definitely think about this a lot. Um, my kids and they're not children, human beings, they are four legged and I have to think about them and what am I going to do? You know, is, are there places that I'm going to be able to take them if I have to evacuate my home? Where am I going to go? What do I need to have for them as well? Not only for myself and my partner, but what do we need to have for our kids? And that's really, really important. I keep certain things in my vehicle all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. I have certain things in there in the event that I have to leave my house quickly or I'm not able to get back to my house for whatever reason. And I have certain things in place, supplies for the different types of year, different times of year as well. And that's really, really important. Ah, goodness. So there are just a few things. I probably told you more about myself than maybe you wanted to know at this point, but I think that it's really, really important, um, you know, from an emergency response position, I always am thinking about, um, different people that I help other people in my community, especially elderly people or people that have um, mobility issues. You know, what do we need to have in place? What can I help facilitate for them? Um, not only as an emergency responder in my community, but also as somebody that wants to help other people in my community. We are really, I am very avid to make sure that when we're talking about, you know, being able to get there, not only whether it's me or another agency um, and other agencies, that's really, really important because they're not out here day in and day out. They don't necessarily know the specific roads or the conditions or anything else like that when the call comes out. So I know for me, it's really important to make sure that, you know, we're keeping roads as accessible as possible, especially during the winter months or any other time of year for that matter. But winter is, you know, crucial. I think about people that live, you know, not directly on a road and, you know, do they have a clearing into their front door? Can we get to them? Are there things obstructing around their access into their home? And, um, I've been witness, unfortunately, to places not being that way. And so not only from a, uh, natural disaster or, you know, some other kind of thing that may be triggered from a natural disaster, but also, you know, if somebody needs some assistance, medical or otherwise, 
can we get to them? And what does that mean? And um, just education more than anything. And that's one of the reasons why I really thought about, I've done these uh, types of things with my VIP team and talk to them about it. I talk to clients about it on and off about preparedness and what can they do? What's really important as a business owner to do within your business. Communication trees are absolutely critical when you're talking about a disaster. And we found that very evident, uh, 2020, 2021, now in 2022, um, with COVID and how that's folks, that's a disaster. And how can we mitigate that? How can we prepare for that? That was something that we were not prepared for directly when it happened. And so how do we do that? How do we educate people? How do we get out there? How do we talk to people? How do we provide tools to people? And I thought, you know what? I have this platform right here to share with people about something that's near and dear to my heart, which is do one thing. Let's not get overwhelmed. We don't have to do every single thing. Let's think about things. Making a plan is huge and it takes communication. It takes putting things maybe down on paper, sharing information with people, you know, thinking things through a bit without overthinking them and get over getting overwhelmed, which happens. It's going to happen. And with being prepared helps us when those things happen. I can tell you that I am way, way more calm than I ever was when I see the white stuff coming out of the sky. When I hear little Joe start tapping, you know, as he starts coming through and I'm just kind of like, you know what? I have things in place. There are things that I can do right now. There are things that I don't need to do right now. I need to make sure that I'm safe first and foremost, that my family's safe, that we have the things that we need and that we're not putting ourselves in danger or having other people put themselves in danger as well. So if I stay put during a winter storm and maybe miss out on certain things, you know what? That's much better than being out and about, getting stuck, getting, you know, in an accident. There's so many other things that could happen. And I choose not to think about those and deal with those at this point. I think about, okay, I've put things in place. My family and I have put together a very well plan and the plan also will change as you need to, as things change in your life, as things change in your business, the plan will change. It's not a one and done. That's why it's really exceptionally important that not only do one thing.com puts out a calendar every year. It's a great reminder and it's something for us to look at and think about all the time. And emergency response is near and dear to my heart. I never thought by going and asking, what are you going to do to help protect my property? What are you going to do? that I would learn all of these great tools. I would have some wonderful resources, meet some exceptionally talented and dedicated people who want to help 
every, every other human being they come in contact and that I've been given some great opportunities to work with those people, to help those people, to be in my community, to help my, not only my community, but other communities around working with young kids, working with elderly folks. Oh, it just goes on and on and on working. I recently had the opportunity to work with an organization that helps people with handicaps. And that was just like, these are things that we need to think about. These are, you know, what are the situations that would arise? And, you know, what I was walking into thinking what my role was in this particular project and the things that I learned and the opportunities that I was able to think about and then help provide to this organization was, was just great. I just, I can't, I can't tell you all the things that, um, the emotions that come up when I think about that. And, um, from one question and one thought has turned into many, many years of helping people in, um, what I truly love. So, uh, that's it for me for now. Uh, goodness, that was a long one. I hope that, um, that was beneficial and I can tell you this, that I will be back again on or around the 15th of every month to talk to you about something else that has to do with do one thing. All right. Take care of yourselves and your loved ones. And we'll speak again really, really soon. Bye-bye.